From Upstate Medical University, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. Pain is an issue for a variety of patients for a variety of reasons. Here to discuss how integrative medicine may be helpful is Upstate's Dr. Caitlin Scarlett DeLuca. She's an assistant professor of pediatrics specializing in rheumatology, and she's involved with the Pediatric Integrative Medicine Center, and she's here to talk about pain management. So thanks for being here. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me, Amber. Let's start by talking about um, the causes of pain. Um, Injury and illness, certainly, but um, there's other um, psychological factors, right? Oh, absolutely. Well, I think a big um, thing to you know, to start talking about, to introduce this topic is the differences in pain. You know, there is acute pain, which is a normal part of the human experience. Um, You know, everybody experiences it at one point or the other. It often occurs after injury, um, surgeries, um, different things like that. And um, so acute just means sudden. Yes. It it happens quickly or whatever. It happens quickly quickly and and appropriately. You know, the body responds to injury and, um, you know, the body has a natural healing process. And often with acute injury, there's visible components such as edema or redness or warmth around the injury site. And um, it's treated biomedically. Um, But then there's another kind of pain called chronic pain. And that pain is pain that's persisted beyond the normal period um, of healing. Um, Usually it's several months um, after an injury happens. And your body, um, one's body is not having a normal physiologic response when this chronic pain ensues. So something has gone wrong with the nociceptive receptors. Something's gone wrong with the peripheral or central pain processing systems in somebody's body. And, um, and the mechanism is, is not right either. Often uh, the tissue is chronically inflamed or chronically injured, um, sending a recurrent signal of pain. The neural pathways themselves are actually disrupted. Now, it do, um, is the pain experience, is it different in children than in adults? Um, the pain, we, we see chronic pain in children as well from, you know, from a non-inflammatory process. Um, we might not see it as much as we do in the adult population, but we, we definitely see these chronic, um, these chronic pain syndromes in children and adolescents as well. Do children express their pain differently um, than adults do? They can. They absolutely can. They can have behavior changes. Um, they can, you know... Uh, perform, you know, differently at school. Um, They can act out. They can have sleep problems. Um, You know, all kinds of different behaviors can can manifest from um, a child that's having a chronic a chronic pain. Well, and certainly some of your patient population doesn't speak yet. So are you having to discern different types of cries and and things of that nature to determine if someone's if a, if a baby's in pain, say? Uh, we do, and uh, we take a lot of the information from parents as well, because as we all know, parents know their children best. Um, so we take a lot of information from parents, and uh, we ask about behaviors and um, performances and that kind of thing. Um, and we see we see pain in um, in what I do in our rheumatology clinic as well as our integrative medicine center. And in rheumatology, some of the diseases that you deal with, pain is a big part of it, right? Absolutely. And many of those rheumatologic conditions, there's a reason for the pain, though. There's an actual um, reason. It's, it's, um, 
you know, an inflammatory response to whatever condition, whether it's juvenile arthritis or dermatomyositis or, um, you know, we have, even have patients with something called hypermobility arthralgia and patellofemoral syndrome. Um, but then, you know, sometimes there's non-inflammatory um, pain syndromes, and uh, we often see those patients too in, in our rheumatology center. And after we've ruled out um, a rheumatologic condition that might be causing the pain, I often have those patients follow up in our integrative medicine center because then there we have um, resources and time to talk about many of these other options to help treat pain other than just medication. I definitely want to talk about the integrative medicine center, but first let's talk more about, um, in, in terms of pain, um, does stress play a role in contributing or causing pain? Oh, absolutely. Stress has a big part in contributing to pain. Um, you know, stress, um, any kind of mental health problems can, um, can kind of add to um, whatever pain processes are going on. So um, a child whose, uh, you know, home life or whatever is stressful, may, that may show up as pain in, in the child, right? Yes, it can show up as pain or it could um, add to, um, you know, a pain syndrome that's already there. So let's talk about what integrative medicine has to offer in the way of um, stress reduction or um, pain management, um, particularly for children, because that's what you focus on, right? Absolutely. Um, well, there are many, many options in, um, in, in, with integrative medicine for pain um, and pain syndromes. There, um, you know, in my clinic, we, um, we talk about everything from nutrition and GI health, um, because that's a very, very important part um, um, part in, in, in pain, um, as well as um, botanical and dietary supplements. We talk about manual medicine, movement therapies, and even some traditional Chinese um, medicine therapies such as acupuncture. Um, we spend a lot of time talking about mind-body medicine. So things such as guided imagery and music therapy um, can really, really help patients with, um, with pain, as well as with stress, stress and anxiety that can add to the pain. Um, other things are clinical hypnosis is very helpful, um, biofeedback therapy as well um, can all help with, um, with pain. Now, are these things that are meant to help um, immediately or over the long haul? Um, it depends on what it is. So a lot of them can help over the long haul. I like to think of, of a lot of these things that um, I talk about my patients with as tools. So I kind of put it in um, in this way, that I'm teaching them tools that they can put in their toolbox, their toolbox that they will have throughout their whole entire lives. And when they are coming across a problem, such as pain, also stress, anxiety, um, uh, you know, things like that, sleep trouble, um, they can pull out each tool and, and use it appropriately. Um, so we do a lot of education uh, regarding all these therapies for our patients. Other um, therapies can help um, quicker though. So um, I do some teaching about certain yoga poses that um, can kind of, you know, might help with um, uh, pain right in the moment or stress right in the, in the moment. Um, our nurse in our integrative medicine center, Vicki Keeler, performs a couple energy therapies. One is called healing touch. Another is called reflexology. And uh, usually our patients feel much better, uh, no matter what's going on, uh, right after those sessions end, which is really, really nice. And, you know, they come back for more. Um, so it depends on, you know, what therapy we're talking about. 
Interesting. Well, uh, this is HealthLink on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, and I'm talking with Upstate's Dr. Caitlin Scarlett DeLuca. Uh, she's a specialist in pediatric integrative medicine. Um, and before the break, you mentioned that nutrition has an important role in pain. So I wanted to get you to elaborate on that. Or does that sure. Are you saying that there's certain things that we can eat um, that either contribute to the pain or that would help? Oh, absolutely. So just a little background on that. Of course, digestion and nutrition play key roles in, um, in regaining and maintaining health. So good nutrition depends on good digestion and good absorption of the nutrients from our GI tracts. Um, you know, the gut is colonized by a vast uh, community of microbes that have important effects on uh, many physiologic systems in our body. And so in thinking in that way, in treating pain patients, normalizing our gut function is very essential. Um, things like stress, you know, whether from our everyday life or stress from pain, can dramatically actually change the gastrointestinal environment. Um, there's a lot of research going into the gut microbiome these days. It's very, very um, interesting, and we're finding it's very, very powerful in helping many conditions. Um, now, the thing about chronic pain is a lot of patients with chronic pain, um, they're living with the stress that actually is caused by their pain, and they have many disruptions in many aspects aspects of their lives. And um, a lot of times we see um, these patients, um, their nutrition uh, becomes very less than optimal because of all of these other things that they're trying to deal with. And uh, sometimes they uh, turn to foods that are actually pro-inflammatory and nutrient poor as their primary source of food. And that just adds to the whole cascade of disrupting the gut microflora and, um, you know, adding to their problems, actually. So I always like to focus, um, when I talk about diet and nutrition with many of my patients, and these are patients that have non-inflammatory conditions as well as inflammatory conditions, but a focus on an anti-inflammatory way to eat is, um, is the best way to go. And you can call it an anti-inflammatory diet. I always say I don't like the word diet itself, right. but diet in the way that that, um, you're just eating to, to live and to create your, the healthy environment of your body. We are actually what we eat, which is amazing. So yes, there are many foods that are um, that fight inflammation in the body. So tell me if um, if you're feeling bad. You know, some people crave the traditional comfort foods: um, macaroni and cheese, um, potatoes and gravy. I don't know. Those are probably right. not on your list of foods to eat. No, right? no, not really. Um, but I do like to say, of course, everything in moderation. Sure. But like 80 to 90 percent of um, of the focus of an anti-inflammatory diet should be, um, you know, whole healthy foods, a lot of vegetables, um, you know, fruits and vegetables, plant-based proteins, nuts, seeds, um, you know, healthy fats, fats from avocado, fats from nuts, um, omega-3 fatty acids are wonderful and, and, and very um, um they're very um, anti-inflammatory, and then you know there are certain um, there are certain foods that are that have a very po very very potent um, uh, anti-inflammatory effect. Things such as garlic and ginger, cinnamon, turmeric is wonderful. Neat, neat. Well, let me ask you about some of the other services that you um, ticked off that are offered through the Pediatric Integrative Medicine Center. 
um, hypnosis, um, guided imagery, yoga. Are these things that have um, been proven, are they interventions that have been proven to be helpful? Yes, there is much research on all of these things. There's um, a body of research on hypnosis itself as well as guided imagery. Um, yoga has a lot of research behind it. Um, uh, you know, the manual therapies have some research behind them. Um, so things like Tai Chi, um, uh, osteopathic manipulative medicine, and chiropractics are two types of manual medicine that have um, a body of research behind them. Even things such as music therapy, which seems so simple, and art therapy, um, they both have bodies of research behind them. Um, and then there's acupuncture. Acupuncture has um, some research behind it, but acupuncture itself has been used for um, thousands of years to treat many conditions, and, and pain is one of them, pain and, um, and drug addiction, too. And so, say, music th if music therapy doesn't work for someone, perhaps one of these other things, you, you call them tools. Yes. Um, so you, you have a bunch of things to offer. Absolutely. And um, I find that some of my patients gravitate towards one thing versus another, and that's fine. But I like to kind of talk about all of them with them eventually over time so, so they have options. Neat. Now, is this um, Pediatric Integrative Medicine Center, is this only open to upstate patients, or how could someone listening find out more information if if they're interested. Oh, no, not at all. Um, of course, we have many of our upstate uh, patients referred, um, you know, from other, um, uh, other, other colleagues of mine uh, throughout our department, um, but anybody can uh, be referred to our Pediatric Integrative Medicine Center. Okay. And then um, lastly, are these integrative therapies ever paired with medical treatment? Sometimes they are. Um, so, um, yeah, so obviously a lot of my rheumatology patients require medications. Um, you know, that's just sometimes we need medications, obviously, to treat the underlying disease. Uh, but we often pair whatever they need with these, um, you know, integrative therapies. Um, and then sometimes our patients that, you know, aren't our rheumatology patients, something else is going on, is sometimes we, we also use medications um, again, with these integrative therapies. Not always. Of course, we always try to stay away from medication if, you know, if we can, but, you know, sometimes we do need it. What's the age range of patients that you see in the Integrative Medicine Center? I've seen patients as young as two, and I've seen patients as old as 22. Okay, so the whole, the whole, the whole gamut. gamut, yes, <laughs> which makes it, which makes it fun for us, and, um, you know, and it keeps us on our toes, and, um, you know, it's wonderful. We're always seeking out new therapies. We're always trying to learn about new things just to help our um, all of our various patients. Well, good. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you um, explaining this to us. My guest has been Assistant Professor of Pediatrics, Dr. Caitlin Scarlett DeLuca. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show, HealthLink on Air.